This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, there's yet another change of the guard at Pools. Just want to start with this tweet from Nick Laughlin that came out last night, and I think it puts it into perspective. Um, Gareth Ainsworth appointed Wickham boss September 2012 and today left the club for QPR. In that time, Pools have had 15 managers and are tonight looking for another stability at the Vic. Davowitz says a lot that stat, doesn't it? It does. Um it's mad. It's absolute madness. And that's probably just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you could go even further back, probably from the playoff final in 2005. And I'm, you can just imagine the numbers will be ridiculous. But I think we all knew that this had to had to come. Something had to give. Um I think it was I think it was evident. I think after Tuesday night watching the the whole manner of the performance that it you know going on with this regime wasn't going to lead to a positive outcome come May. So yeah, I think it's the whole situation is is crazy. To be brutally honest with you, and it's not a time that we want to be changing a manager with the tough period that we've got coming up. I mean, every game is a massive game. We all know that moving forward, but that's that's besides the point. Um, I know both of us now. Whether this was fueled by alcohol for you on Saturday, but I know both of us. As soon as it was two nil, um, I certainly I turned round and I said, "Curl out. He needs to get out now." And even having come back to two two, I was still curl out his tactics. As we've seen recently, his team selections as well. Um, they've not been. They've not been what's the word they don't fill you with confidence I think is probably the phrase I think there's quite a lot of um, erratic behaviour in terms of, of selections and I think it was just what needed to be done come well come the, the end of the game on, on Tuesday night you saw the reaction from the Pulse fans I was shouting as much as I could um, at the stream, even though I knew he wasn't going to hear me, but I was saying words to the effect of "get out." Um, you know, it, it's not the it's not the scenario. I I do want to I do want to say this um, straight up before I do go any more um, and we go any further forward. 
I have no issues with Keith Curl as a as an individual. I think he was a he seemed a genuine guy, he seemed a good guy, although he did talk a lot of hot air or what appeared to be hot air. I think, as we said earlier on in his tenure, you wouldn't blame him for walking away from the from the situation that he finds himself in. But yeah, he he had to go, ultimately, and that's football. Football's a results business. As we said, walking away from the game on Saturday, we can we even afford to change manager again? I know we'll come on to that later when we talk about potential options and and all that that entails. But Dowell, perhaps you could just read us um, the statement that that comes out and then give your thoughts on the time that um, Keith Curl had at the club. So, Hype United, well, obviously, last night, confirmed the departure of first-team manager Keith Curl and assistant manager Colin West. The club would like to place on record its thanks to Keith and Colin, and we wish them well for the future. The club will now move swiftly to appoint a successor to ensure the team has the best opportunity to maintain our football league status. And then the chairman, Raj Singh, was commented saying, this has been one of the most difficult decisions I've had to make at Pools. Keith and Colin, in so many ways, have improved the football club and our culture. They are both consummate professionals and they have genuinely been a pleasure to work with. I will go on record with my thanks to them both and the way that they have been con- they have conducted business. Sorry, Unfortunately, we have just not seen the required results and I feel we must act now to give the club a chance in the final part of this season. Following the transfer window, we believe there is a group of players that can secure our place in the league. We will act swiftly and do all that we can to get an immediate and smooth transition in the managerial position. I mean, looking back at the Keith Curl era at Hartlepool United, um, I think Keith was cut a lot of slack from his arrival up until the last game in December, early Jan, because I think we all knew that he'd inherited a really poor infrastructure. Some of the players that he had were just miles off the standards that, well, and the quality rather that we that we need here in the football league. Um, and I think, generally speaking, there wasn't much more we could have expected. Results-wise, you know, going in towards that January window. But I think given the fact that we did recruit in January, brought 11 new players, five on deadline day, and of course we brought in Leon Clark um, in the aftermath of the January transfer window. I just don't believe that, as much as like you've said, and you've hit the nail on the head, actually, I, I don't doubt for a second that... He was a bad person. I do believe that he came here with every every um, wish to to make Hartlepool a better team, to you know, to take us away from the relegation zone. But unfortunately for me, from the way I've watched games, I've been to a lot of games home and away, and I just think for me personally, the brand and style of football that he's implemented, even with these new signings, is outdated. It's unattractive, and it just does not work. And I said that on Tuesday night after the game. How many more times do we have to kind of keep saying the same things? You know, 
yes. It's just the same. You go round and round in circles. Yeah, you know, you, you, you have yourself saying the same things, the same things. And, you know, I, I, I was so conflicted last night because, you know, I don't like managers being sacked, you know, and there was parts of me that, you know, I, I didn't want to see it happen, but something had to give. And I don't think... Keith Curl, with the way we were playing football, especially like Chelsea to not even have a shot on targets at home against mm. a relegation rival, it's... It's awful. Really, really poor to watch. And given who we've got to play in March, the home games and the away games, unfortunately, you had no confidence going forward. And I think with the, the backlash after Tuesday night, the pressure that Raj would have been under from Jeff Stellan, from his tweet that saying that, you know, it was time to roll the dice, you know, something had to give. There's three things that I want to touch on, right? So firstly, you kind of alluded to it when you said about you being cut a bit of slack. Now, we were so, so, so disillusioned after uh, Paul Hartley was, was in charge that anything was an improvement on him anything at all, more or less. And we were willing to give him that time because, as you say, he'd inherited a lot of crap. And let's be honest, the January window, we've we've seen now, like with the likes of Dan Kemp and stuff, and Dan Dodds and people like that, that there is an improvement in the quality overall of the squad, but it's still nowhere near where it should be. And I think there is quality and there are sorry quality players in that team that we still haven't got the best out of um, which is evident and, and a very obvious comment the second thing I want to touch on and I got shot down for this when um, it happened and when we gave Keith Curley 18 month deal on the day that Dave Chandler was returned to the club on the day that they came and dicked us 5-0 um, and showed us up in our own backyard. That move from Raj was a complete, and I, it's people, other people are saying it on Twitter now as well, was just a move to spite DC because he thought, right, I'm going to get one over. Um, I'm going to get one over DC. I'm going to give him a nice 18-month deal, um, and we're going we're gonna to show Dave what that we mean business and what he's missing out on. Well, Raj, you've made yourself look like excuse my French, you're not a knob. Um, and, you know, it's it's one of those calls that, that I made that I thought, right, well, even if I do get stick for it, I'm going to um, I'm gonna hold hold to that, that he is just doing it as a spiteful thing. Um, and I think even, and this isn't a dig, but I think even you, Davo, criticised me for having that opinion at the time. But I know that since then you've kind of, perhaps thought a little bit more about that and, and seeing that how that's actually played out. Um, and then the third thing that I was going to touch on, which now I've gone on that little rant, I can't, um, I can't really remember, but it's all right because we'll, we'll carry on the conversation. Now, this is a big one. I've remembered it. Here we go. So this is a big one, right? With Raj, for me, whether Raj is at the club even when Raj is still at the club, sorry, we are not going to get the manager that we need to move forward because who's going to want to come in to a club that's in the position that it's in now with an owner that's probably going to screw you over um, and 
put you in a worse position than you were when you came into the club. Davo, is it worth even looking externally? And I know at the time of recording, there's been a few names, including John Askey seems to be mentioned a lot. But the question for me is, from me is, does Raj back Sweens to do the job till the end of the season? And I know this is one of the, the polls um, that have been asked, but we'll we'll give the results of that after you've told me your answer. I don't want to try and influence that in any way. Um, so does he give Sweens a job or does he go externally? And second of all, this is probably the most important thing, are we looking short term or are we looking longer term? And for me, with the shorter term thing, who is going to want to come to a club in the position, like a high-quality manager that, that can take the club forward in the long term, who would really come to a club that's in the position that it's in now and with no guarantee of a contract past the end of this season? Over to you, mate. <laughs> Digest that. <laughs> Two very, very good questions, I must say. The first one, Anthony Sweeney. It's so tough because... In a lot of ways, given Sweeney the keys, given them um, the, the position as interim manager, so to speak, to the end of the season, in a lot of ways would make a lot of sense. It would save time for the hierarchy to go out and to bring someone in. Sweeney's already here. He's already on the training ground. He can implement his own style and stuff like that. But my concerns would be, A, does Sweeney want it? B, can Sweeney do it under that amount of pressure? I'm not so sure. I, I do believe that we need someone with the credentials, the experience, who can, and of course a good brand of football, preferably football on the floor, who can come in and steady the ship, keep us up the foot, keep us in the football league. Sorry. Which alludes obviously, which leads me on to the the next question that you've asked about: Is this short term or long term? Now, I mean, one of the problems you could have is who's going to come to a football club for literally? I mean, it's it's the twenty third of of February on the day of recording, so th there's probably well, there's less than three months left of the season. Yeah, you know, it, it's going to be hard. People, you know, in in this day and age where you know, we're living in an economic crisis. People will want security. People will want a long-term um, plan in place. So I, th I think for me personally, if you're going to bring a manager in and spend that money and, and spend that time and effort that you are going to to bring someone in now, then for me personally, you've got to spend it on someone who can be here, not just for this season, but for the next couple of seasons, you know? And that's just my opinion. That's the way I look at it. It's pointless, say, for example, I don't know, if John Askey, is going to be the man to take polls forward between now and the end of the season, then it's pointless then saying to John, right, by the way, you're now no longer, you know, you cease to requirement. We're now going to start the process of looking for another manager. You may as well bring someone in now who can be here for the, for the long-term future at the football club. But my question to that is, and I'm just playing devil's advocate, is you don't know whether you're going to be a football league club or a national league club. So 
is a manager going to want to commit long term to that as well? You know, when you talk about the whole thing of security um, for a manager, you know, of his job, of, of family, he might not even he's having to come in, whoever this is, if it's external, he's having to take over the squad and um, a squad that aren't his own players to start with. So he doesn't know what the individuals are like. He doesn't know how they would respond to his certain style of play. Plus, you might not even have the job in a couple of months' time based on whether you stay up or whether or whether we go down. I mean, surely that narrows the pool of quality managers that we need and it reduces the potential of us being able to appoint a manager that can take us forward in the long long run. Or am I am I going down the wrong barking up the wrong tree, so to speak? No, I, I completely agree. I think there, there is going to be that element of it. I think people will look at the, the league table. I think people will be looking at results. Um, and there will be a massive amount of managers who will be thinking, well, can, can I do it? Can I keep them up? Are these players good enough? You know, And there is that element of, do I want to be a National League manager? Do I want a relegation on my CV? You know, um, it's a really difficult situation. You know, obviously the club have have made it evident from the statement last night that Sweeney for them mustn't be an option for whatever reason. They are going externally. So for me personally, and I and I did say this to my dad last night, um, and I've said it to a few people that for me, if you the fact that they've took that decision to to sack Keith Kell, for me, surely you would only do that if you knew you had a plan in place. I know this is right thing we're talking about, by the way. I, I'm, you yeah. know, I'm not forgetting that. But logically, in normal circumstances, especially towards the back end of February as well, it's not really a, a time for, for clubs to be sacking managers or going through this transition period. But surely, you would only do it if you knew you had a plan in place to bring someone in. Right, well, keep that question in mind. I'm just going to quickly read a couple of um, the poll answers out. So we discussed a lot about um, timings and, and the time that it is now, how long is left in the season. And the first question we asked last night, and it, it's had oh, nearly 300 votes on it, 92.9% of you voted that without doubt it was the right choice to part ways with Keith Kerr and Colin West. Just under 5% know we should have waited. And then... Only 2.1% uh, voted no, we can't afford that. And then we've obviously been talking about Sweens there, and I'm going to give my opinion. Um, This was very, very close. Nearly 200 of you voted on this. So the winner of the poll was no, someone external gets the job, and that was 51.8% of the vote. And then yes, of course he does, was 482 Now, before we have a look at, who we want as the next manager um, if Sweens isn't the choice. I just want to give my my view. I've kind of touched on it, and you've probably, those listening, have been able to gather from what I've said, the questions that I've proposed to Davo. I'm not convinced that we'll be able to get the right candidate for the job um, by going externally because someone's going to have to come in. They've not got security. They don't know the players um, as people, as individuals, Um and for me, Sweens knows what it takes in terms of um, as, a, as a person who's from the town, as a person who understands a football club, as someone who's been there through so many highs, so many lows. Now, Kenny, I've seen that you've um, tweeted here and you, you've got in touch. And it's a, it is a really good point, actually. Um, and, you know, 
As ever, this podcast is all about opinions and Kenny's gone. Sweeney isn't a manager, in my opinion. He's made good impacts as a bounce caretaker manager. But let's not forget he went five straight defeats last season and looked lost for what to do next. He's a good coach, but I think even by his own admission, he wouldn't want the job. Now, that is a really good way of looking at it. It's a really interesting way of looking at it. And something I can understand and get on board with to a certain extent However, for me, it just doesn't, I'm going to say, this is the point that I remembered that I was going to make. We will not be able to attract the type of manager that we want whilst Raj Singh is still in charge of the club because we will not be able to go any further forward under him. If I was a manager, and I know Bailey, and he'll go, oh, you're giving us another shout out. I know Bailey said in the group chat yesterday that, if, if Raj gets on the phone with him, and if you do want to get in, on the phone with him, Raj, if you're listening, uh, Bailey would love to take over the reins at Hartlepool United. Um, but you know, he was he was saying about um, that he would take the job, but I, you know, that that's a fan and that's us having a laugh as well. But personally, if I, if I was a, a manager, I w- I wouldn't be taking the risk. I wouldn't be entertaining the option of taking over Hartlepool United in the current situation that they are and with the owner that's in charge of the football club. Davo, I don't know what you think about that before we go on to what people have said and what people have suggested as the next manager if Sweens wasn't the choice um, that they voted for. So where would you stand, Davo? First of all, if you were a manager and you were taking away all the emotion, like we'd all love to manage pools, you know, that goes without saying, but take that emotion out of the situation and and just let us know your thought process if you were a manager um, looking at the potential opportunity of taking over Hartlepool United and trying to save them uh, from going to the National League. And also, you've got to remember that there is the prize of if you stay up, you're going to be a hero and you're going to be Hartlepool United hero. But yeah, over to you. Honestly, it is so, so difficult. I mean... I think we'd all understand if a lot of managers were to come out and say, sorry, I don't want it, then you would understand that. You know, there is a lot of reasons to be off put by it. But then on the other side of the coin, there's going to be positives. There's going to be a lot of incentives for managers to come. And a lot of managers might look at this challenge and think, yeah, that's something that I want to do. I want to keep this club open. A manager could come with their own ideas and their own plans. Or if we do stay up, then they might have their own kind of um, ideas for the for the club moving forward and into the summer transfer window. But I'd be interested to know before you carry on what those extra or other incentives are, other than it's a challenge and potentially you're going to become a legend. But well, not legend, but you're going to become a bit of a hero for keeping us up. I mean, I can only imagine that if, oh well, I should I should say when the new manager is appointed, I can only imagine. I would like to think that someone, that someone might be in receipt of a nice bonus. Keep pulls up, and you get a nice little, uh, <laughs> little extra something in your pay packet at the end of the uh, the season type thing. If that makes sense, so there could be a financial incentive. Who knows? It's a challenge that a lot of people might like to take on, Jack. Do you know what I mean? I think I understand what people are saying, but I think there might be a lot of people as well who will be happy to take on the challenge and, and give this a go and, and to try and keep us up, you know? There could be managers out there who might want to reinvent themselves, whose careers might have just gone a little bit stale or for whatever reason. 
and might look at Pearls as an opportunity to to relight the fire, so to speak. Or there could be managers who want to get back into the game and who might not be off put by the idea of a relegation fight. Who might look at this as a yeah, let let let's go. You know, I'm happy to to try my best and, and to give it a go if that makes sense. Yeah, the thing is, we're in a difficult position. We can't be picky. Um, no, in a way, we can't. You know, we, we can't really afford that. Um, so just to wrap up this little section then, um, you know, we, we had quite a few replies and, and it, it's great to hear different people's views. We'll just read out a few things here. So Tony Middleton put who's available that's good enough. Sweeney, not the right one at this moment in time. Sam Riches, um, Ian Birchnell, but can't see that happening. Wouldn't mind someone with some ambition from the lower leagues. He wants a chance to turn it around and play some football. There's been a few people, um, say Graham Alexander. I don't know whether Ben Fenton Smith's having a laugh or not, and that's no disrespect to Joel Porter, but um, Joel Porter's been put there. David Artel's been mentioned. Um, John Askey. Now, this is something we will discuss in a little while. Um, has been mentioned a couple of times. Um, football devotion said John Askey good record at Macclesfield and York and National League experience if we do end up going down no nonsense as well and uh, Richard Ward replied to that saying if is doing a lot of heavy lifting here mind you um, and then you know we are trying to keep this as serious as possible but you've got to have a laugh sometimes especially with the situation that you're in at Pills in there Dave Franks replied Gavin John and I think that's a case of if you know, you know. And I can see you laughing <laughs> at that. Well. Um, so that you know, that that's a bit of a a bit of lightheartedness, um, in what's a very serious conversation that we find ourselves having at this current moment in time. So there's been a lot of talk there about potential managers that could come in. It's all if buts and maybes, but we're hearing a lot on Twitter and reading a lot on Twitter about John Askey. Davo, what's your thoughts on him if he was to come in? Uh, I mean I'm not going to lie I don't know much about the bloke I know he was well regarded at York got the promotion from National League North to the National League and then from what I've been reading just before we started recording on, on Twitter it sounds like his, his sacking at York wasn't as um, clear and cut as it was made out to be it sounds like it was more of him being unfairly dismissed a bit of a falling out between him and the hierarchy at York I, I mean like you've said you've alluded to it already we're not in a position to be picky we can't just say well we won't have him or we won't have him but we, you know I'll take him if if John Askey is willing and ready to come in to HFC as soon as possible to start work to get on that training ground at Durham and do what he has to do then I'm for it Um. Given some of the names that we've heard already, Saul Campbell, Billy Painter, I mean, I'd take John Askey over any of them. Do you know what I mean? So when you say it like that, I'm for it. I mean, I don't know about you, uh, Jack, personally. Well, I think the top and bottom of it is we will get behind anyone who comes in, anyone who's willing to risk stuff and put themselves on the line to try and save our football club. I don't even want to have this conversation about what could happen if pools go out of the football league you know it's something that we'll have to save for another time and it doesn't even bear thinking about but let's let's try and uh, let's try and move on and and we'll we'll talk about the final question that we put out do we have what it takes to survive now that is a massive question um i think if we had the answer to that we'd be doing all right but 
We'll take a look at the poll results. 161 here. Thank you for those who voted. Um, 13% of you have voted with yes, we'll be fine. 31.7% of you have gone no, we're gone. And of course, over half of you have gone for it's too close to call. I mean, I'm nervous even reading it's too close to call. Um, I dread to think what I'll be like if we're still not fully saved by um by the Stockport game. I don't even, yeah, don't, again, don't even want to think about that. Now, Davo, again, massive question. We've talked about it a lot. Where where are you on those three points? Where where do you sit? I am bang in the middle. I am not resigning myself to the thoughts of, oh, well, we're down. Because, you know, I'm just not. It's it's mathematically still possible for us to stay up. Um, I know performances have been a bit grim as of late, but I'm not in the mind of either, like, oh, yeah, we're all going to be fine. It's, don't worry, because there's a lot to worry about. Crawley have got three or four games in hand on us. We're now managerless. I think it's going to be tight. And it, I mean, you, I mean, I, I said to you, I think I said to quite a few people I've spoken to, I, I mean, I do personally believe it will go right down to, to Stockport away in May. And I have said that to you numerous times. You know I mean, I, I, I don't see us being guaranteed safety anytime soon. I, I think you look at us, you look at Crawley, you know, we're both kind of like, struggling to get into a winning run. So I think it could go right down to potentially them the last two, three games of the season. I mean, that Crawley game at our place could be the make-or-break game for us. Yeah, you're not wrong. It's going to be... It's going to be... Oh, we've just got... Davo looks very excited all of a sudden. We have just got... Um, Pools have just tweeted the emoji with a sign-in. So we would expect that an announcement is imminent and we will, of course, bring you this news live on HUFC chat when it is released in due course. Um, And we'll give you our reaction straight away to that. But look, it looks, Davo, like we're going to have a manager um, in place extremely shortly. I know that's completely distracted us from what we were discussing, but that set your heart going, didn't it? It did, and it did, and immediately looking in the comments, it is all about the man in question, that man being John Askey. Um, it is exciting, I suppose, in one sense. I'm not going to be all doom and gloom. It is, it's the, it has been the end of one era. It's the start of the next. You know, the club has promised us that this is going to be swift. You know, I was told last night by uh, a good friend of ours that we could and should expect an appointment before Saturday and it looks as if that is going to come off um, what we do know is for sure we will be behind them on Saturday that is the breaking news out of the South Direct Stadium it is welcome to Pools John Askey Harley United are delighted to announce the appointment of John Askey as first team manager in addition to his 500 senior career appearances Askey has managed in League 1 with Shrewsbury Town League 2 with Port Vale and a promotion winning campaign in the National League with Macclesfield Town Known for his attractive and attacking football, Askey <laughs> joins the club after a successful managerial spell at York City, which saw the Minister Men gain promotion from the National League North in his first season in charge. Our new manager will be joined by Mark Goodlad as assistant manager. Goodlad also enjoyed a successful playing career, making over 200 appearances for Port Vale and then went on to have coaching roles at Notts Forest, Barnsley, 
and York City where he teamed up with Askey. Tony Sweeney will continue his role as first team manager, first team coach rather, working closely uh, alongside the new manager and assistant manager. Club chairman Raj Singh welcomes the new appointment. We had to move very quickly to find out who was available and ready to come in immediately given the challenge ahead. I would like to welcome John and Mark to the club and wish them the best of luck in trying to retain our league status. A couple of people have pointed out to me that John was very popular with York fans. In fact, the majority of them would like to have him back. For me, that is always a good sign and he's here to hoping that he is just as popular and liked as much by our fans in the time ahead. And the gaffer himself has added that this is an exciting project to be involved with, but everyone has to buy into that project it is a quick turnaround, but one we are relishing. We ask the fans to stick with us and back the players. We will make sure that every player is given their all for the shirt. And we look forward to seeing you all this coming Saturday against Walsall. Well, that's a little boost we needed. As you say, we never like to disappoint um, us at HFC chat. Look, I yeah, I really, really hope it works out for him. Um, interesting, obviously, that there's been no, um, been no discussion, um, around the length of the deal that's been offered to him. Um, I don't think Raja dare do that, um, with the with the current situation that we find ourselves in, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure Raj will be all over the front of it if Pose stay up, saying, "Oh, you know, I appointed him. I did this. I did that." And I'm sure he probably will forget that he was even involved with it if it doesn't go to plan. But that's another conversation for another day. There we've had it. You know, we, we've discussed a little bit earlier on about the whole situation. And it's quite weird recording an episode and something quite significant like that happening as we are recording. Um, but, you know, we'll head back to um, to what we were discussing. I, I know that you've given the um, the statement there and... Um, you know, you've you've read everything officially from the club. So we'll head back to what we were talking about and having what it takes to survive. I mean, do you want to change your answer? Do you think you're more confident now that John Askey? It's important not to get carried away, obviously, and I'm certainly not going to get carried away, not a chance. And funnily enough, the answer I was about to give um, when, when the news broke that Askey has taken over as first team manager of the club was, that I'm probably tilting more towards than we're gone part of the um, tweet, if I'm perfectly honest. I said it after the Newport game. Obviously, emotions were high. Um, having lost that and the situation that we find ourselves in, we, we can't afford to be losing the only game in hand that we currently have. Um, but yeah, look, I'm in between. It's too close to call and no, we're gone. It's so, so difficult um, and I don't even know how I'm going to survive Stockport away if it's going down to that game. It'll literally, um, doesn't even, you don't even want to think about do you really, Davo, the fact that we could be there when Stockport secure a potential playoff place um, or even better and we find ourselves on the brink of going back to the National League. Uh, look, we don't want to always be negative, and we, but we've got to be realistic and we've got to, you know, as us who are doing the podcast, we've got to be honest about the situation that we find ourselves in and, and not hide away from that. But, um, yeah, look, 
I just hope that Askey and um, good lad who've come in will be um, will be what we need and and hopefully be able to implement their style of play quickly and and take us forward in the direction. Look, we're not as far cut adrift. Well, we're not cut adrift. We're not in the relegation zone, but. I think it's just with the way that we're struggling to get results. I think with the um, current games in hand that Crawley have, that's what's worrying us the most. Um, I mean, Davo, is there anything you want to add on anything that we've discussed in this episode? I know that that seemed probably quite rushed, quite... Um, well, we, we certainly didn't seem to contain ourselves when we were, we were reading out the news. It was like being on Sky Sports. I should have done the little tune for us as well. Um, but is there anything you'd like to add on the, the whole discussion that we've had today? I don't think so. No, I think it's been a it's been a good episode. And obviously we've we've added that little bit of a live reaction for the listeners. So I hope he's, uh, when you listen to Europe, you all enjoy it. Um, but I think we all know that this is far from over. It's a big job ahead for Askey and Goodlad. Um, thankfully for us, I mean, I know there's a lot of time, but if they haven't managed to today, then they'll have a training session hopefully tomorrow. They can hopefully get their ideas across to the lads, um, put across how they want the lads to play, etc. But look, I wish them both the, the, the very best of luck. Um, we'll be behind them on Saturday. I hope if anyone... Is sat at the moment, not wondering what to do on Saturday. Get yourselves to the, the to the Vic. Get yourselves there. Get behind the lads, and hopefully, we will see a bounce. And hopefully, we can come home at five o'clock with a big three points. Well, it's it's much needed heading into what is a very difficult month, and and that again is something that we were about to discuss before the news broke. Um. You know, next next month has some really tough games in there. Um, we've got a couple of away days uh, to Tranmere and Bradford, which I must say that I'm looking forward to. That, that'll be good. We've got Northampton at home. We've got Orient at home. Going to be extremely tough games. So, fingers crossed that we'll be able to, as you say, have a bounce. Um, we'll be able to get behind ASCII. We always will. And I think the best thing is that we won't, well, I hope that we won't have uh, a manager who constantly says that we need to buy into this journey and that we, we need to be there because we are there. We're there every single game um, in our numbers, backing the boys. And I'm convinced that's what gets them over the line the majority of the time. So that concludes what has been the first ever episode that we've had live reaction to a big piece of news. It's Look, it, it's not an episode any any of us would want to be recording um, with the situation that we find ourselves in and, and the the situation at the club. But all we can do is continue to get behind the boys and keep backing the boys. We need to keep the faith and, as ever, never say die. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.